And here's something that's interesting that just came across. Uh-huh. Okay. For the first time ever, enrollment at Texas A&M University has surpassed 50,000 students. Oh, my. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Wow. And yeah, just, they were like about what, like about 300 short last fall yeah. or something. No, like last that. fall was 49, 129. Yes. And okay. 50, 054. There you go. And a distinguished alumnus of that university joins us, Bill Flores. How are you today? I'm doing great, Scott. Great to be with you on News Talk 1620. Hey, what do you hear about the SEC? I, actually, I don't have any more news <laughs> than than you do. I, I turn to you guys to get my news. Okay. And, well. uh, so I'm waiting for y'all to give me the answer. All right. Well, we'll see if we can find some new rivalries out there. We we may know something before the end of the week. Certainly, before the end of the week, we'll uh, we'll know what the president's idea is as far as jobs is concerned. What are your thoughts as uh, we prepare to hear from him tomorrow night? Well, Scott, history gives us two great examples of, of policy levers that the government can pull that work and those that don't. Uh, unfortunately, the Obama administration is following those from, from the Roosevelt administration back in 36 through 38 when we went into a second dip. And uh, it's doing all the wrong things, spending too much money, borrowing too much money. It's given too much power, to, too much deference and power to the unions, and it's regulating like crazy. Uh, to me, the better example in history that works, uh, and most of us remember it, is in 81 through 84 when Reagan inherited the bad economy. Uh, he was able to turn around through have a tax reform and, and uh, rein in the regulators back in. So I, I'd rather go with Plan B, but I, I suspect on tomorrow night we're going to hear uh, just a rehash of the, the president's original ideas, which, again, just have not worked for us. Well, now, one of the things I was looking back at this, they had put together something they called the Infrastructure Job Bank, where uh, the projects had received up to 50% of their financing in federal money, and the rest ideally would come through some sort of private investments, uh, I'm guessing including Wall Street. Uh, that didn't gain traction then. Is it? Is that more plausible an idea now to have an infrastructure job bank? Do you think that's something he might propose again? Well, if, if he did propose it again, we've got to propose it in a different way than what we did before. Uh, it, it, I, just don't, I don't want it to be another great big stimulus pork barrel um, fund, if you will. These public-private partnerships work, and if we're doing the right way and focus on the things where we need help that we know put people work, like roads and bridges and, and uh, infrastructure like that, that, that'll be fine. But if he wants to go down these, these green money trails that, that uh, where you're seeing companies that have gotten old, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of federal money go bankrupt, I don't want to go that direction. If he wants to start and build a whole new uh, infrastructure project that we can't afford, like high-speed rail, I would be against that. But if we're going to focus on the things that we already own uh, and we know where, when we spend the dollars that you have a multiplier impact, people go to work, I'd be fine with it. But I don't think he's going to go there. I think he's going to try to, to drive us in directions that, that are unproven. Bill Flores joining us uh, from D.C. this morning as Congress gets back. After about six weeks off, now part of that, you were in the district, uh, kind of give us a, a thought of maybe some uh, surprising comments that you might have heard from your constituents while you were out in the district in the break. Well, I, I enjoyed my time in the district. We spent a fair amount of time. As you know, we, we had some town halls, and you participated in that. did a great job as uh, the uh, questioner in one of them. Uh, we had meetings with local leaders. We we met with employers. We met with military men and women, with veterans, and, and uh I spent some time in our local offices, and I don't know that anything I heard was a surprise. Um, I, to think, I think the surprise that I, that I picked up more than anything else is the high level of frustration 
of the American people and what's going on in Washington. Uh, I'm frustrated as well uh, at, a, at a pretty high level, but I think uh, most people are even more frustrated than me uh, with the slow pace of doing the right thing in Washington. Uh, Story. So I've come back you know, recommitted to try to uh, keep the pedal to the metal on, on getting the federal government fixed. Story in uh, USA Today yesterday quoted you, among other uh, members of Congress, with the idea that it's not so much laws that are being passed as regulations that the government's putting on industry that are making things difficult. Oh, absolutely. I mean, for instance, if you we've got a power plant uh, just down the road in Carlos. Uh, this supplies all, local, all our local power to Bryan College Station. And the EPA has been writing regulations so quickly uh, these guys, which own this plant, and basically it's all the, the, uh, the utility users in Bryan College Station as well as other municipalities in Texas, don't know if they're going to be able to make investments to keep that plant running or not. Uh, that plant is very clean compared to what it was when it was commissioned back in the late 70s, but the, the EPA continues to load it with more and more regulations to the point where uh, you can't keep it running uh, today. Uh, and there's there's no backup plan in terms of where we go for our energy. That's just one local example of how the EPA is costing us jobs and costing us economic activity and causing huge uncertainty. Uh, we've been trying to roll back regulations since the original continued resolution back in January and February. Uh, it didn't get through the Senate, though, but we're going to continue to try to defund all these agencies that want to go down these trails. Well, my, my thought is, but there's... They're traveling at two different speeds. They can write a regulation and put it in place, and it's there. Congress, because it, it moves so slowly, I mean, how in the world can you ever catch up to undo, uh, even if you started today? Under the current uh, environment that we have, we can never catch up as, as the legislators, which is really pretty sad when you think about it. The way the, way the Constitution works is we pass the laws. And the administration is supposed to enforce them. Unfortunately, what Congresses have done over the years is write uh, vague laws and then let the administration write the, the uh, rules, uh, uh, essentially put the, the wrapping paper on these, these laws, uh, and they, they take them in directions they were never intended to go. Uh, we don't have a mechanism in Congress that works well today. We've got something called the uh, a, a Regulatory Review Act, but the president can veto uh, the findings that we have or, or the rollbacks that we do. So we've got a new piece of legislation called the RAINS Act, which is to roll these regulations back in and to make sure the bad regulations don't get written in the future. But it'll never pass the Senate and get, get signed by the president. So we're, we're forced to defund these things today, uh, but it's a very slow process. And then uh, you've got to have a big fight with the Senate. And since we don't control the Senate, uh, since you conservatives don't control the Senate, it's hard to get things fixed. It's, well, it's, a, uh, it's amazing that this talk about unintended consequences. I'm sure the founding fathers never thought that there would be regulatory commissions that would uh, usurp the opportunity for private industry to do their job. Well, uh, I mean, we had an earthquake up here a couple of weeks ago, and several people said it was the founding fathers rolled it over their graves, and <laughs> I, I don't doubt it. Uh, you're exactly right. This is not what was envisioned in the Constitution is to basically turn the legislative activity over to uh, the, the executive branch of the government. We're trying to get it back in our hands, but it's a, uh, it's a tough process when you've got a divided Senate and House. Bill Flores joining us uh, from D.C. this morning. Uh, before we talk again, it'll be uh, the first opportunity for the Super Congress. I don't necessarily like that phrase very much, but their chance to meet. Uh, I saw a story where Jeb Henserling, 
a Republican from Texas, and Senator Patty Murray, a Democrat from Washington, who basically co-heads of this thing, have never actually even met before. Uh, I find that ironic and in, in, in that they will try to guide this group of 12 to, to come up with something, and, and the clock's ticking on it. Well, it is. Uh, the select committee will start working this week, and uh, as, as I said during our town halls, I normally would not like uh, to, to have this type of activity going on up here, uh, unfortunately, given how big the problem is and how little time we have to act. It was really the only sort of a tool that we had that, that could uh, make the, the types of cuts that need to be made in that, that short window of time. Um, I do think that, uh, from at least from the conservatives' viewpoint, that we put the right people on it, uh, and I'm hoping that we can uh, we can lay uh, that we can get one or two people to uh, from the other side to go along with us on these things. And again, uh, that's what I this. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, that's what this, uh, no, I want to hear. If you ha- if you were on there, I would like to hear that. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. If I were on the select committee, I'll tell you what I would lay on the table. I would take the House budget that we passed back in April, which fixes Medicare, which fixes Medicaid, which fixes our spending problem, and I would lay that on the table and say this is the first thing we need to work on. The second thing I would take is the work that the Ways and Means Committee has done, which actually came out of that same budget. Uh, which uh, provides for comprehensive tax reform that takes the United States uh, from having one of the least competitive tax systems in the world to having one of the most competitive tax systems in the world. And then last but not least, I would put the GAO report that came out early this year that identified tens of billions of dollars of waste and duplication and ineffective programs, and I'd lay that on the table. And I think you've you've got more than enough there to fundamentally fix – the federal government spending problems and in the in its taxation system, uh, whether or not that'll happen is uh, is anybody's guess. But that's what I would do, and and I think that's what Jeb and and Dave Camp and Fred Upton, at least from the House, will do. I'll, I'll be curious to see what everybody else does. And uh, finally, to, uh, before we speak again, Friday night, or rather tonight, uh, at uh, the Ronald Reagan Presidential Center in uh, California, the Republican presidential. Uh, hopefuls are going to get together. What you going to watch that, and what are your thoughts as that uh, as that's best unfold? Well, uh, yes, I am going to watch Scott. Um, I I know who uh, who I think the the better candidates would be for president, and I'm just I'm curious to see how they're going to do on a uh, bigger, more national stage. It seems like almost everybody is going to run is in it. I mean, we don't know about Sarah Palin yet. Uh, but it seems like most of the big players that are going to be in the final uh, set of primaries are there. And I'll, I'll, we'll just, it'll be interesting to see how they are with all the bright lights on all of them. Exactly. Well, for the folks who aren't suffering political fatigue, next 48 hours, 72 hours ought to be uh, pretty interesting. Uh, Congressman Bill Flores joins us on Wednesdays when Congress is in session. You can hear the entire interview. It'll be archived on our website at WTAW.com. Thanks for the time this morning, Bill. Well, I'd ask everybody to continue to pray for rain and for our first responders that are trying to take care of our domestic, of our local tragedies. That's for sure. Thanks now. Thank you.